Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. How in the world are you doing today? I pray that all is well with your soul. Amen. This is another day in of life that the Lord has given us, and so we should always be looking forward to uh, wonderful new things on every single new day that the Lord gives us. Amen. So before we get into the message, why don't we enter into prayer with the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name, O oh Lord. We thank you for this day that you have made, and we shall rejoice, O oh Lord, and be also oh glad in it, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father God, as we've gathered here today to hear your word, O oh Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will commune with us, be with us, be in our presence that we may breathe in his very existence, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you, Lord Jesus, be amongst us also, because you said that wherever two or more are gathered in your name, that you are right there in the midst. So, Lord Jesus, we welcome you here today with us. Heavenly Father, I ask that you prepare the hearts and the spirits and the minds of these, your people, O Lord God, to to hear your words today and to understand your words today and to get your words to be deeply, deeply rooted within their spirits, O Lord God, as we all go forward in life, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we know that it is your will that we should have a joyous and a victorious life, O Lord. So we welcome your words of wisdom. We welcome your words of life for us today. We receive them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, let there be a special anointing in the home or place of every single believer, every single person that is listening to this message today. Let your Holy Spirit be there with them to give them a fresh anointing. Open their eyes that they may see. Open their ears that they may hear. And open their hearts that they may understand, O oh Lord. I praise you, Heavenly Father. I give it all to you in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. What a wonderful day, as I said before, and um, as we move forward, uh, you know, I just think about every single day of life and every time that we gather like this together, be it um, a week for you, you know, since the last time you listened to one of our sermons here at Genesis 1, so if it's been a week, a week has gone by, and there, there are no two days that are exactly alike, and every single one of us, uh, we're all trying to do our best. Uh, in living our lives in accordance with God's word, you know, and we're all trying to do uh, what God wants us to do, you know, but many times, many times we kind of wonder, is there anything else that I should be doing, you know, or what are some of the things that I might be overlooking as a Christian? We're all striving and none of us are perfect and so we are all trying to do the, do our best. But from time to time, especially if things aren't going exactly the way that we want them to go, we start wondering, you know, am I, am I missing something? What's going on that I'm, I'm not seeing? Sometimes we, we wonder if, uh, if we're treating those around us even, you know, the way we should be treating them. You know, uh, we interface with people in our lives. Uh, we're not so much in the, in the workspace um, uh, these days, you know, with a lot of us working from home, but still in the neighborhood, in, in the stores, you know, are we always interacting with people the way that we should be? You know, are we always giving people the respect that we want to, to receive from them? So sometimes we wonder, Lord, am I behaving and doing the things I should be doing? Well, the Word of God has something to say on that also, as it does on many, many topics of life. But this is an area that we're going to get in today. So, uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, if you don't have your Bible, 
hit pause on this message and go and get your Bible because the whole purpose here is uh, in hearing the Word of God is just like as if we were in a physical church building is uh, we always bring our Bibles to church so that you can see the Word of God uh, for yourself and read it for yourself. Never let it, let it be said that, oh, well, Pastor Mike said or Pastor Mike thinks, you know, the purpose here is so that you can see it in the Bible for yourself and read what God is saying. Amen. Amen. So go to Matthew 7, and we're going to start with verse number 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first, 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 cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Amen. Amen. Let's read that last verse again. Fifth fifth verse again. The hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Amen. So what this is basically they're saying is that in this kind of take the scripture literally if you will but uh you know if you if, if your friend or your brother had a speck or a moat in their eye a little tiny piece of uh dirt or something in their eye how can you see it if you have this big old beam <laughs> if you have this big old beam in your eye how are you going to be able to see a smaller much smaller smaller object you know and this scripture is of course referring to us being judgmental with others while we also need to clean up our own acts, you know. But um, these beams, these beams can exist in other areas of our lives too, you see. Beams of all shapes and sizes can exist in other areas of our lives. lives. So what are some of the beams or planks, if you will, in our eyes that should be removed, okay? Well, what are some of those things, you know? We start off talking figuratively here about the beam and the speck, but, but, but this translates to something much, much deeper, which is what I want to get into today. You know, how are some of these beams, how do some of these beams or planks, how do they translate to things that we should be looking at in our lives that need to be re- removed? You know, before we can start looking at others, you know, pointing our fingers at others, what beams might be in our own eyes? Amen. One area that is important is that uh, uh, beams, you know, what beams could be preventing us from seeing the realities of God in our life? Okay, what things could be in the way, what beams could be in the way from preventing us from seeing the realities, the realities, the realities of God in our lives. Take a look around you. Can you see everything in your surroundings? All right, most of us would probably say yes. But the truth is, whether your vision is 20-20 or corrected by glasses or contact lenses, the answer is the same. No, the answer is no. No matter how hard you try, you cannot see everything that is around you, okay? Now, we had a message about this before, you know, about blind spots, and we talked about how the human eye has a blind spot, you know, and that blind spot is really, you know, technically speaking, it's a small area on the retina of the eye 
where the optic disc and the optic nerve connects. Okay, and that area is about the size of a pencil eraser. Okay, and that area does not have any photoreceptors. In other words, it does not have those uh, uh, cells that enable us to see light. Okay, because of the fact that there are no photoreceptors on that part of the retina, that blind spot, okay, it does not receive light images. And therefore, if something does not receive light images on the retina, then it does not transmit uh, any information to our brain to interpret what it is. Okay, everything that we see in reality that we see, um, uh, it, it, it reflects light. Hits on that spot, it hits on the retina of the, uh, of the eye, and then there, thereby it, uh, travels up the optic nerve to the brain, you know, where it's translated into what we would call, you know, a car, a house, a tree, or whatever, okay? But we have those blind spots, and we usually, saints of God, we usually aren't aware of this blind spot, because our brain actually fills in this blank area with the surrounding images, okay? So it's like uh, we wind up having a field of, of vision which appears seamless, okay? And it doesn't appear that we, we're missing anything, okay? Because our, our mind and our brain, God so wonderfully, you know, made us and created us that even though that blind spot is there, our brain, you know, kind of fills in the, uh, the uh, information, or, I'm sorry, information around that. Therefore, we don't feel like there's anything missing, okay? So therefore, you know, we are most familiar with this blind spot when we're driving, you know. You know that or if you're sitting here in this country in the United States, the steering wheel is on the left-hand side of the car. And there's a blind spot on the right side, on the right-hand side of your car that is roughly from 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 the uh, the passenger seat on the right side uh, going back a little bit. If you look in your rearview mirror and look in your side mirror, you might not see a car that is just in that little small space uh, running next to you. That's that's why it's always wise before you change lanes to the right lane, left to the right lane, to, to briefly look over your shoulder to make sure there's not a car there, okay? But that's called a blind spot in driving, and I'm sure everyone hearing this is familiar with that, okay? Well, the same way we have physical blind spots, we can also have spiritual beams in our eyes that prevent us from seeing truth, okay? You know? The same way we have physical blind spots, we can also have a spiritual blind spot or beam in our eye, as the scripture was talking about, that prevents us from seeing truths, okay? Now, let's do a little experiment, okay? Even right where you are. Look down at your Bible, okay? Close one eye. Put one finger close in front of your open eye, okay? Now try to read your Bible with the open eye, but don't move your finger, Okay, all right. So in other words, you're going to look through one eye and that one eye that's open, you're going to put your finger in front of it, close to it and try and read your Bible. Okay, and and don't move your finger. Well, how well could you see the page or anything else that you may have been looking at? Well, obviously, it isn't very easy to see uh, what you're trying to look at with your finger in front of your eye. Okay, and the sad thing is that even though we can have a beam in our eye. We still go about trying to advise others while we don't or can't see or understand the spiritual reality of ourselves. OK, so a little experiment with your finger in front of your eye, you know, this kind of kind of kind of kind of illustrates what the Bible is talking about. There, How can you take something small out of someone else's eye if you have this huge beam in your eye? 
Your finger being in front of your eye blots out most of your vision. So, therefore, you cannot see anything that's really minute that's in front of you. Okay? All right? And spiritually, again, what I'm saying here is that we wind up going about trying to advise others while we don't or can't see or understand the spiritual reality ourselves. You know? As I always say, you've heard me say a million times, for every condition or law of physics in the physical realm, there is a spiritual counterpart or likeness, okay? Again, for every condition or law of physics in the physical realm, there is a spiritual counterpart, amen? So spiritually speaking, we also have beams or planks in our perception concerning the things of God that keep us from seeing and understanding the truth. A spiritual beam is our inability to see and understand a spiritual reality, even though it's right there in front of us, okay? Okay? The spiritual reality, the deep spiritual truths of God, by the way, which God wants to share with you, okay, that's another reality that you need to wake up to and uh, to understand. God wants to share with you the deeper things of him, okay? He does not want us to just grow about being being babes forever, where, where, where we are just kind of functioning on spiritual milk, you know, or biblical milk, not understanding the deeper truths, deeper biblical truths and the deeper things of God. God wants us to know those things, okay? But if we've got spiritual beams in our eyes, then we 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 are we are actually functioning at a disadvantage because we are unable to see and understand deep spiritual realities that God would want us to know about, okay? Even though those realities are right there in front of us. This can also impact how we see others and ourselves, you know, because of, because of the fact that we are at times blinded to spiritual reality. We can be immobilized and crippled by guilt, shame, you know, immobilized and crippled by anger and bitterness, worry and regret and fear and anxiety, you know. Because the fact that we're blinded to spiritual realities, we can actually be immobilized uh, in these critical areas in, in our lives, and we don't even realize why we're being immobilized. You know, many times we live needlessly in defeat. We wind up being immobilized by our own mistakes or the mistakes of others, even. You know, we stumble around in a life, saints of God. We stumble around in life with beams in our spiritual eyes, blocking the work that God wants to do in us. You know, God wants to do such wondrous things. He wants to show you wondrous things. But if you've got these spiritual beams in your eyes, then you're not seeing the spiritual realities because those beams could be blocking you from seeing and understanding the work that God wants to do in your life. Okay, but saints, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, it does not have to be this way. No matter how challenging or frustrating one's life might be, every person, every person can discover the way to victory, to hope and a joyful new way of living. You know, I I, uh, I, I previously said that there are spiritual beams just as there are physical blind spots. Well, a beam is an area in our lives that is negatively impacting us, but we are not aware it's there. Like a blind spot when you're driving a car, as I said before, a spiritual beam in your eye that, that, that goes ignored for a length of time can also lead to massive wrecks in life. Okay? 
If you have these spiritual beams in your eye where you're missing so many things, then you're not aware of something that you should be aware of that is going on right in your life or very close to your life or in someone else's life. And it could lead to really serious um, uh, and massive mistakes and wrecks in life, if you will. Okay? Amen? So, what are, what are some spiritual beams that could be in our eyes? Okay? What are some of them? Well, to start with, the most common beam is not seeing that the word of God in a message or a sermon could apply to you. It applies to somebody else. It, it, oh, gee, was that sounds just like Aunt Tilly. It sounds like my cousin Mimi. But boy, that does not have that doesn't have anything to me to do with me. It doesn't fit my life. OK. How many times have you sat in church and listened to a sermon? Or for that matter, how many times have you listened to one of our sermons here at Genesis 1? And you could identify and you start ticking off the people in your life or the people that you know where the things that are being said are certainly applicable to them. But it does, the light bulb, the light bulb does not go off in your mind that this could be for me also. That God may be speaking to me through this message. Amen. Well, that's a beam, saint. That's a beam, saint of God. That's a beam in your eye right there because you are not even seeing that what the word is saying to you, what the message that is being taught, that the message that is being spoken, that Holy Spirit may be speaking directly to you. Amen. Amen. But it fits someone else. It fits someone else, but it does not fit me. Okay, so that's that's a very very common beam that that many people wind up experiencing and don't don't realize that they're experiencing it, you know, and and particularly among Christians. Okay, next the next one is the unawareness the unawareness of the existence of spiritual realities. We have to have an understanding of spiritual realities in this world, all right? You cannot truly be a a, a Christ-following, blood-washed, born-again, Holy Spirit-filled believer if you really, 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 really deep in your heart of hearts don't believe in the spiritual realities that God talks about in the Word of God in the Bible, that Jesus talked about. If you don't believe in the spiritual realities that God refers to in the Bible, then how can you believe that Holy Spirit exists? Amen? For that matter, how can you believe that God exists? God is a spirit. Okay? Do you really, in your heart of hearts, understand that when the word of God says, let us make man in our image, the image that, the image that God was talking about or referring to was his image, which is a spirit? God is not a flesh and blood being. Surprise! God is not a flesh and blood being. Okay? So if you are made in his image, then that means that you are a spirit also. Okay, so if you don't believe in the spiritual realm, then that means that you can't believe in the reality of your own real existence. What part of you do you think will go on into eternity in heaven? At least I'm hoping that's where you'll wind up. Amen. In heaven. Okay. 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 So, so we are spirit beings, just like God is. See, but many times we Christians, one big beam in our eyes is that we really don't understand and don't acknowledge that those spiritual realities even exist. So we have to make sure that we understand those realities. We have to be able to believe in the unseen world and the unseen power of prayer. But it starts with removing the beam from our eyes so we can see. Amen. It starts with removing the beam from our eyes so we can see. Let's go to the book of Luke. 
Amen. Hallelujah. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. Okay, and we're going to go to verse number 23. Okay. Now, this, uh, these, these scriptures here make reference to, uh, some events that took place after Jesus was crucif- crucified and resurrected from the tomb. Okay? This is after he was resurrected and they went to the tomb to visit him and found that he was not there. So we're starting with verse number 23 and it says, And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even as the women had said. But they saw not, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, now this, if you have a red letter Bible, these words are written in red, meaning that this is Jesus speaking. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, he was talking to them, uh, unto them, in all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. So these are the guys he's walking with now, all right? But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass... As he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to them. Verse 31, underline, please. And their eyes were opened and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. He vanished out of their sight. Okay. So all along they were walking with him and they didn't know who he was. All right. If you if you are um, if you read read the scriptures of, uh, for right before that, you know they're discussing what happened, uh, what happened back there with the crucifixion, and they're talking to Jesus, but they did not know they were talking to Jesus. It was not until in verse thirty where it says, "And it came to pass, as he said and meet with them, he took bread and he blessed it and break it and gave it to them." And at that point in time, their eyes were opened, and that's when they realized it was Jesus. Okay. So here, these were men that were walking with someone. Looking at someone, but they did not see that it was Jesus. Okay? For that matter, how many times do we go through life and how many times uh, is Jesus right with us through various uh, uh, difficult times, through various trials and tribulations that we experience in life? How many times when we get bailed out of those situations, when, when God blesses us with a solution, how many times do we not realize that it was God that brought us through? Okay. Because many times our eyes are closed. Many times our eyes are closed to the spiritual reality and realizing that it had to be God because that's the only way that I could have gotten bailed out of this mess. Amen. 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 So, so, so you see, so that, that one of the things that we need to make sure that we do and, and, and it does not become a beam in our lives is to make sure that we understand and really believe in in the realities of the spiritual realm and the fact that we need to have our eyes opened so that we can see. All right? It's been said that that we don't know what we don't know. I'm sure you've heard that before, okay? You don't know what you don't know. But it's also just as true to be said that we can't see what we can't see. Amen. It's just as true. We can't see what we can't see. 
If we don't know what we don't know, and if you don't know something, you don't realize that you don't know it, but you can't see what you cannot see. So sometimes the enemy has so clouded our vision that, that we, we, we need to break in with light, that God needs to break in with light. Okay, sometimes the enemy has just clouded us, our vision so much that it, 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 you know, it's almost like darkness, like we have, have shades or something drawn over our eyes, that God at times needs to just break in with light, to open our eyes wide so that we can see the supernatural events unfolding behind the natural scenes. Okay? You gotta believe that there, there are things, there's a spiritual reality that is around us that we're often just simply not aware of. God is always at work. He never sleeps. He's always at work doing things and moving, moving uh, situations, moving people, whatever it is that needs to be done to get us to where God wants us to be. But we're not aware of that. Amen. But it's happening. You know, yeah. we oftentimes we, we, we go through life being spiritually blind to what is going on with our prayer requests and challenges in this life, you know. We don't see what's going on. We put a prayer forth to God and, and we don't know the, 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 the weight or the gravity of that prayer that we're sending up to God. Okay, but we are totally oblivious to because we can't see it with our eyes to what is actually going on in the spirit realm. Okay, so sometimes God needs to open our eyes. Okay, another illustration of that, go to Second Kings. Thank you, Jesus. Go to the second book of Kings. Second book of Kings, chapter 6. Okay, chapter 6. Okay, and here, this is where there's, um, well, the king here, king of Syria was doing some planning and plotting, and let's just see what happens here. Okay, second Kings 6, starting with verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. In other words, he's going to be building a camp in such and such a place. Nine. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. In other words, he was told, don't go to that place because the king of, the king of Syria is there. And surely enough, uh, Israel did not go in that direction. And so therefore they were saved. Verse number 11. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's spying? Okay, because Israel here is figuring out things. Who, who is telling on us? Who's spying? Verse 12. And one of the servants said, None. No one is. None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that thou speak in thy bedchamber. <laughs> Amen. So he's saying, None of us, no one in our world, no one in our camp, so to speak, is not is not uh, telling on us. Okay, but there's this Elijah person who, who is telling the king of, of Israel even the very things that you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Verse number 13 says, and he said, go and spy where he is, find out where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore, 
therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do, or what shall we do? Well, here, right away, fear was set in. Okay? So, in other words, now, again, again, the, the king of Syria, he sent out all of these, this army to surround them, you know, you know, at nighttime. And so that when they arose in the morning, when they woke up, they would see themselves surrounded by, by soldiers and horses and chariots. Okay? And the servant to, to the man of God, or Elisha, says, What shall we do? What shall we do? Verse 16. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Underline that, please. Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Okay? So underline, let me just pause there for a minute, saints of God. Understand this, and understand those words, and get those words in your heart. Don't have fear for what's going on in your life. Okay? For they that are with you are more than they that is with anyone that is in the world that might be coming against you. Okay? Okay? First of all, you've got God, the Holy Spirit. You've got Jesus. They're, they're of course, always with you. God encamps his angels round about us to keep us safe from harm seen and unseen. Okay? So we are walking um, within a spiritual realm of protection all round about us. Okay? But just because you don't see it, just because there's a beam in your eye, perhaps that doesn't let you let, let, uh, let you understand and acknowledge that this these spiritual realities are all around you to keep you safe from harm, seen and unseen. It doesn't mean that they don't exist. Amen. It doesn't mean that they, they, they don't exist. It goes on to say in verse number 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Give him discernment. <laughs> Amen. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Amen. Amen. So here you see what he did was he prayed and he asked God to, to open his eyes that he can see. You know, I pray that God will open your eyes that you may see. Amen. Open your eyes that you may see. Get that beam out of your eye that would be preventing you from seeing into the deeper things of God. Amen. Amen. Get that beam out of your eye that would be preventing you from, from, from experiencing and, and having more faith in the deeper spiritual realities to know that you are never alone. You're not by yourself. Okay. You can't see what you don't see. Okay. You can't know what you don't know. Okay, but the word of God tells us to know this, to know that he is greater than anything that may be giving you a hard time in life. He is greater than anything that you might be struggling with. Okay, so get that beam out of your eye that says that 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 God is not there or God is taking too long or how will this, how will, how will, how will. Know that just because you can't see what is going on does not mean. That God is not working on your behalf because he is, you know. You may have heard that um, old song, um, Open Our Eyes, Lord. Every time we sing that um, in church, uh, the second time the chorus is sung, I always encourage everyone to personalize that song, you know, by where, where the part where it says, says, open our eyes, Lord, to actually say, open my eyes, Lord. 
open mind to personalize the song. Okay, the words go, open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus. Well, to personalize that, we say, open my eyes, I want to see Jesus. Amen, amen. So when we're singing that song and we're praising God, and in that second time the chorus is sung and we're all saying there together, open my eyes, I want to see Jesus. Amen. This is a prayer. This is what you're asking God, Lord, open my eyes. Take this beam out of my eyes so that I can see. You know, so I can see. When we're waiting for God to do something in our lives, we can't see what is going on with it in the spiritual realm. You know, from the beginning, from the beginning, from the very beginning, Satan has been afraid that we, children of God, will have our spiritual eyes opened. Although we walk by faith and not by sight, in accordance with Second Corinthians five seven. You know, sometimes God will, will choose to let us see something supernatural to bolster our faith, you know, or just to get our attention when we're going astray. You know, we don't rely on sight or seeing how things are going to have faith. But again, I say that sometimes, sometimes God will, will, will give us a glimpse into the supernatural world, you know, just to bolster your faith. You know, so so that so that you can you can see what's going on a bit. He does this especially if we're going astray. Especially, God will open your eyes momentarily, for a moment, for a, for a few minutes, you know, an hour or whatever it might take. But God may let you walk in that spiritual realm just to get your attention. Amen. Okay. Now, now, you know, you know, supernatural, uh, supernatural doesn't always mean seeing. Or hearing something outside of the natural, you know, such as an angel. Okay, don't forget, supernatural means um, something, an event, a happening, an occurrence that is outside of the natural. Okay, outside of the natural laws of nature. Okay, but supernatural doesn't mean that we're, we're seeing or hearing something that is outside of the natural. Doesn't always mean that, uh, so such as an angel, you know, uh, getting that little, uh, a taste of the supernatural could be something that has happened in your life that could have only happened by God's intervention. Intervention. Let me say that again, okay? You could have been given a glimpse of the supernatural by something that only could have happened in your life, that only could have occurred because God intervened somehow, okay? And when that happens to you, saints of God, and if you stop and think about it, I'm sure if you've been walking, if you've been walking with the Lord for a bit of time, it doesn't have to have been, you know, for 30 years, you know, it happened to a babe in Christ also, when there's something that is really, really, that has been really, really difficult in your life, and you, quote, unquote, miraculously were delivered from that issue, okay? The only way you should realize that, the only way that could have happened was for God to intervene. And by that happening, the mere fact that that happened, happened, you were given a glimpse of the supernatural. Okay, for that event, for those courses of events, those things, things that happened, whatever it was that God bailed you out of, and it was against all, all, our, um, all the rational, if you will, uh, knowledge. It goes beyond anything that could have worked its way out on its own. God chose to give you a little taste of the supernatural. To let you know that he's there. To let you see what he can do. Okay? To bolster your spirits to know, well, gee whiz, there is someone else out there. There is, there, 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 there are some events that can happen with God that a phone call didn't make happen, a letter didn't make happen, an email didn't make happen. 
by me banging my head against the wall and crying the blues to, to, to a dozen people didn't make happen. But God all of a sudden worked in these, these uh, chain of events. And to my surprise, boom, I'm no longer in that mess. Well, when that happens in your life, you were given a little taste of the supernatural. God let you see something in operation, okay, to let you know that he's there. When God opens our eyes and removes that beam from your eye, it may be in the form of a prophetic dream, maybe in the form of a vision, you know, or it might be just a, a strong, a strong knowing and, and a strong understanding of something in your life, okay? When that, when that, when, when, when those shackles from your eyes, when that beam is taken out of that eye, uh, uh, you will experience something that is different. You will realize that, uh-oh, this is outside of the normal for me. And again, it could be in, in, in the form of a prophetic dream. Could be a waking vision, you know, or just a knowing, a knowing that something is changing in my life, or something did change in my life. Okay? Now, understand that we should not we should not be constantly seeking supernatural experiences just for the sake of seeking supernatural experiences. Okay? We should seek God and trust that He will give us what we need. Alright? Now, there's nothing wrong with crying out to God to remove the beam and open our eyes, you know, when we sense that we aren't seeing what He really wants us to see. Okay, all right, but but don't be going after looking for supernatural experiences with God just for the sake of of our, um of, of experiencing those supernatural events or times. Okay, you, you know we don't we don't go seeking God looking for gimmicks. You know, like some people who 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 like uh, who call themselves investigating the paranormal, and they go to these so-called haunted houses just for the thrill of seeking to have an experience with the dead. <laughs> That's a foolish thing to do, very foolish thing to do, okay? So we don't go seeking the supernatural things of God just for the sake of having a supernatural experience. But there's nothing wrong with us crying out to God and saying, Lord, take me into your realm. Take me into your dimension, Lord. You know, educate me, show me, open my eyes, Lord, that I may see and understand the deeper spiritual truths of you. There's nothing wrong with that at all, okay? Because God will indeed show us these things, you know? We see experiences with uh, with people's eyes being closed. Uh, let's go to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Numbers 22. Thank you, Jesus. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Okay. And we're going to start with verse number 12. Numbers 22, verse number 12. And God said to Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give, to give me leave to go with you. Okay, so God told him, Don't go. And he's telling them that God told me not to go. Verse 14. And the princes of Moab rose up and they went into Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to, ba to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, 
Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now therefore I pray you, tarry you also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. So now he's going to pray to God and ask again, hoping that God will change his mind. Because this guy is offering him him uh, 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 wealth and riches and so on. So now God had told him, no, don't go. But now after this guy promising to to, uh, to Balaam that I'm going to give you riches, now he's now Balaam is going back to God to see if there's, if God will change his mind in essence. Verse number 19 says, Now therefore I pray you, tarry you also here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against Balaam, against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way, and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. The Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. I would there were a sword in my hand, for for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Balaam, Am not I thine ass, upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Underline, please. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down before his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times, unless these three times, unless she had turned from me. Surely now also I had slain thee, I saved her life. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me. Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak.
Okay, so now what's happening here is that we read about Balaam, who was a misguided prophet, who sought riches and honor over God's will. Okay, Balak, king of the Moabites, wanted Balaam to go and to curse Israel. Balaam asked God about it and was told not to go. When Balak's crew upped their offer, in other words, they offered him more money, Balaam waited on the Lord's direction as if God was going to change his mind. Okay, So here he let, he, he let the temptations of riches reconsider and think of, oh, well, maybe God will change, will change, uh, you know, will change uh, his mind and, and let me go. You know, and, and we have to be cautious of that also, saints of God, you know, because, uh, if God tells us don't go somewhere or don't be engaged in certain things, okay, and those that be around us that want us to do what they are wanting us to do, and they up the ante, make some promises here to make it more enticing or more palatable to, for us to do what it is they want us to do, and God has told us no. Don't go wasting your time going back to God and trying to talk him into changing his mind because there's got to be a reason why he is saying no to you. So if there's something that you want to do and God is distinctly telling you don't do it, don't push it. Don't push it, saying of God. Simply leave it alone. Be obedient to the Lord and don't do whatever it is God is telling you not to do. Don't go wherever it might be that God uh, doesn't want you to go to, doesn't want you to go. Amen. Amen. And when others try to tempt you by offering you things and whatnot, don't, 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 don't even fall for it. You stick to what you know that God is telling you to do. Okay. You see, now in, in, in Balaam's heart, there, there was idolatry there because the Lord told him to go with Balak's men. Okay. But, but the, the prophet arose, saddled his donkey and took off on the journey. Of course, it wasn't really God's will. It wasn't really God's will. God was trying to see if he was going to be obedient to what he had said to him the first time. Okay. All right. But it, it was not God's will. God got angry that Balaam's heart was for riches and honor and sent an angel to stand in his path. Okay. And prevent him from moving ahead. Balaam couldn't see it, but his faithful donkey could. Balaam couldn't see it because his eyes were closed. Balaam couldn't see it because he had a tremendous beam in his eye. Therefore, he could not see into the spirit realm, but the donkey could, you know. So here we see where God can remove the beam and open our eyes to prevent us from doing something wrong and opening our eyes to see what is happening in the spiritual realm to help us. Okay. We see that by this example, you know. And again, although we should not seek supernatural experiences simply for the sake of seeking supernatural experience, we should seek God and he will give us what we need. Okay, and he wasn't seeking a supernatural experience here, but boy, you better believe he certainly did experience experience one. Okay, you know, before he saw the angel, even I mean, having the donkey speak to him, I mean, that's enough to make anyone's uh, 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 hair stand on end. It's open your eyes, you know, with a donkey speaking to you, and the mere fact that he was standing there holding a conversation with her, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's outrageous. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with crying out to God to open our eyes. When we sense that we aren't seeing what he really wants us to see. We all have blind spots or beams in our eyes, whether it's personally or with spiritual warfare. We all have beams. So we need to cry out to God. We need to, to ask God to flood our heart with light, to open our eyes and to show us what he wants us to see. Okay. 
Right? We need to make sure that we don't have these beams. And again, remember, you don't you don't know what you don't know, and you can't see what you can't see. And that beam could be in your eye, so obliterating and so blocking out things that you need to see that you won't even see them, but you won't know they're there because you can't see them. All right. So it's very important to think about beams, potential beams that could be in our eyes to make sure that we get them out, to make sure that we can continue to always move forward to do what God would have us to do. Amen. Final scriptures here. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Praise God. Praise the living God. We go through things. We go through life so many times not even realizing what God uh, has in store for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All these pages are sticking together. Here we are. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse number 15. Wherefore, verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention for you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And this is my prayer for you, saints of God. It's my prayer for you is that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, to us with who believe, to us with who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Jesus, he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will open the eyes of these your children, O Lord God. Open their eyes, the, the eyes of, of, of their understanding that they may be enlightened by what you have for their lives, O Lord. I pray, O Lord God, that you touch them in your own special way right now in the name of Jesus. Let thy Holy Spirit, O Lord God, reach forth and touch them to bring forth a special anointing for this specific moment in time that their eyes may be opened, that any beams that may be in their lives, that those beams shall be removed, that they can walk and go in the direction, to walk in your path, to achieve and to do all that you want them to do, that they may be blessed and blessed so richly in this life and the life to come. O Heavenly Father, I praise you, and I magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I pray that you all go forth this day knowing that the joy of the Lord is your strength and that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Go forth this day and be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen.